Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the Run, Pass, or Kick interview with your team here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and of course, to his other side, you got Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself. And joining us for the man of the hour, we have Robbie Petzer. Robbie, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thank, thanks a lot for having me. This is awesome. Excellent. Well, we're very pleased that you could join us. And uh, we're going to be firing some questions your way in the Run, Pass or Kick interview, which has become quite popular. In fact, we've had a few of your buddies on this show recently. But we're going to put you to the test on this occasion. And for all of you Sounds that are good. at home viewing this, we want you to know how it works. So that in order to find out more, we're going to hand it over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Tell us how it goes. Thanks, Ty. Run, pass, or kick works like this. Basically, we're going to throw a question at you. We'll prompt the question with run, pass, or kick. So you have three options, just like any good 10 or 12. You know, you just have to use your judgment, right? So (laughs) if you just just let us know what you're going to do. If you're going to run with it, all that means is you're going to go ahead and take the question straight on uh, and answer it. If you decide to uh, pass the question, it basically means that it's a little hot uh, question and you don't want to answer it right now. You don't want to get yourself in trouble. So you're going to dish it off and let somebody else uh, take that question. Uh, but if you kick it, uh, it means you're going to put us on the defense a little bit, put us on the back foot and see how we handle it. And basically um, it, the default is whoever asked the question will get it kicked back to them unless you indicate otherwise. So you could say, Ty, you go ahead and take this one. I'm kicking it to you. Uh, nevertheless, That's we're going to cool. answer it in a way that we think that you <laughs> would answer it. And then you can grade us. You can you can play the role of a coach there, and you can say, ah, that wasn't so good. <laughs> or, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. So it's totally up to you. Are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge there, Robbie? Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do it. Awesome. So with the first question, we're going to keep the, the mood really light. And uh, as Ty mentioned, um, you, we've had a few of your friends on the show, uh, particularly a couple of guys from Dallas. And so I think we're going to ask Scott to queue up a short video. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in getting some context on this one. So here we go, guys. I'm hitting play here. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hey. Somebody got a surprise you in the morning. For those of you that can't quite yeah. see what's going on on the screen here, it looks as if Robbie has uh, stalked uh, his uh, teammate, uh, Carla Denison, uh while he's sleeping. So go ahead and tell us what's, what's this all about, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Robbie, you want to hit your question? Yeah, the question is run, pass, or kick. Uh, tell us the truth. Were you planning on shaving one of uh, Carlos's uh, eyebrows off? <laughs> I'll run with that one. I'll run with it. Um, no, so Carlo was sleeping and I was busy in the kitchen and I only wanted to know if he if he wants some bacon. <laughs> His olfactory senses didn't kick in and let him smell the bacon first. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's when you no, when you awake. I just uh, gave Carlo a little fright there. Because <laughs> like ominous. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, I thought it was the old. Yeah. Oh, he passed down the couch. His shoes are on. Yeah, right, right. Let's go take an eyebrow off. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were playing that weekend, so I couldn't do that. <laughs> no, that's oh, what you should have done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
every close-up then after would just be him and his one eyebrow. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. More aerodynamic on the field, you know, as right. a nine, you need to be able to be more nippy, right? I mean, you guys make a good point. I'll definitely remember that for the next time. Yeah, yeah, just gonna, I'm doing it for the team, man. If you lose one, exactly. you're already going to be part of the two. <laughs> Yeah, one of us is going to get a call from Carlos or or his, or his dad. Uh, one of the two is going to call us if you shave an eyebrow off, and then we're going to be in real trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, judging from what uh, that interview went by, I mean, his father gave us the dirt on him, didn't yeah, he? Right? He, did. so he might yeah, have yeah. Oh, really? He did. Oh, yeah. I had a list. <laughs> How he good. gave me a list of about 12 questions. Well, ask him this. Ask him this. Ask him yeah, this. Yeah, he was Well, Robbie, let's, so let's jump into a little bit more about you. Now, the reason we bring up uh, obviously, uh, Carlo Denison and yourself have been paired together playing rugby for quite some time. You know, it has roots in Colorado where you were on the on the Raptors side together in the 2020 season. And, you know, with that uh, in mind, the Raptors was where you found your home last season. Now, obviously, it was a truncated season that meant that players all of a sudden were, were presented with no rugby home as uh, the Raptors had exited major league rugby and it came as somewhat of a mm-hmm. surprise to many. And you were left either you were told, okay, you're going to be a part of this draft that's happening behind the scenes where you're going to find your new home and being one of the two new expansion teams. And while many of them, yes, exactly. The Dallas Jackals. <laughs> so again, go. congratulations. First off, on getting your assignment, your contract settled with the Dallas Jackals, but how you came to be with them was kind of a different path to others. Whereas a lot of them had been in that, that, that draft gone to the LA mm. or to the Dallas Jackals. Your path was a little bit different and took you first to Japan. Now, the reports were that you had signed with the Dallas, uh, sorry, with the uh, uh, Tokyo Gas, of course, uh, kind of a championship league, the second tier in in, uh, in mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, would have been a great opportunity to be able to apply your trade in a different market. It didn't really come to be because of the COVID constrictions, the restrictions that you had with traveling from South Africa as a South African to Japan during those mm-hmm. high risk times. But really, I want to be able to kind of draw to my important question here. Um, and as it stands, run, pass, or kick. What factors played a role in your decision to move uh, from the MLR in the first place and uh, play in Japan? What factors led to you choosing not to follow the path of others with the draft and choose to go overseas in the first place? Run, pass, or kick? Uh, I'll run with that one. Uh, so I actually, it was in February, they contacted me and my well, uh, agent at that time from Japan, they contacted contacted him, he contacted me. They said, listen, this is a deal. They put something on the table. And then I actually asked for a release from the Raptors. So I would have left the Raptors in any case in April. I would have left the MLR to, to go to Japan and play over there. And um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, with the, with the whole COVID story and everything like that, it, it didn't happen. But I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. So I think I'm on the right path signing with the Dallas Jackals now and going over there excited. And the MLR is just expanding every week and every season is expanding. So I think it's good going back to the MLR. Right. It's an exciting time to be a part of rugby in the, the US and Canada for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and obviously, you know, as Ty mentioned, uh, you, you were with the Colorado Raptors, I believe, in 2019 and 2020, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. correct, yeah. 
All right. And while you were the primary kicker in Colorado, you played number 12 most of the time, run, pass, or kick. Do you have a preference between 10 or 12? I'll run again. Um, <laughs> it's uh, no, not really. I mean, I've enjoyed playing 12 more, I'll say, than 10 over the last couple of seasons because uh, how can I say, I like to run with the ball and Having David Williams the first season, he's a coach. He, he doesn't want his 10 always in the contact. He wants the 10 just to play a kicking game. And I mean, I, I can play the kicking game if it's needed, but I'd much rather run with the ball and be in the mix, like in front stuff, instead of just passing the ball, playing playing to someone else. I like to run with the ball. Has And, and on that note, has Dallas talked to you at all about what role they see you in at 10 or 12? I actually uh, had a good chat with uh, Clarky, the head coach. He's an awesome guy, and I had a good talk with Elaine as well. And um, I am coming over to cover both if needed, but um, I'll more likely play 12. I'll play in the centers more likely. I'm going over as 15 as an option as well. So we'll see. We'll see how, how everything plays out there. I mean, the 10 we signed is in PG squad now. That's awesome. So... We're, we're going to have a good backline, I think. Right. And that's actually one of the things we spoke about just before we came on camera. And I said, uh, Robbie can do the 10, he can do the 12 spot. And then also in addition, I said the 15. Um, you know, it appears to me that you like more of the physical uh, part of the game as much as the kicking game. So that balance is probably well-rounded balance for you is at 12, where, of course, you spent most of your time for the Raptors in any case. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it's it's always good going on the field, having a – a, a 12 that's a good 12 and but he's a good 10 as well so you can distribute the ball you can go wide you can play a physical game if you need it and um yeah um i like kicking at goal as well so it's it's fun for me it's nice well i mean i'm, I'm glad to i'm glad to hear that you know because it's always nice to have a player who has a, a position in mind when they're going to a team so i'm, I'm going to give you the next question um so obviously you're the new dallas jackal signee um, you're going to rejoin your mate, Carlo DeNyson. So how excited are you to form that connection between that nine spot and that 12 spot? Because in my opinion, at this point, there are going to be a lot of skip passes from that number through that number 11 right to you from, from Carlo. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. But um, it's fun. Um, it's really good playing with Carlo. He's, he, he, he has developed so much. We played together when we were 20 years old. We played together at Free State Cheetos. We played, um, we were in the um, 21 squad together. We were in the university's young gun squad together. We played together over there. So we know each other quite a while now. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player and we understand each other on the field. Absolutely. What an awesome journey, though, when you think back. So, you know, development rugby, under 19, you're talking about, right, for the free state. So Craven Week and all of those, does it go back as far as No, as no, 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 as far as that. Um, he was in okay. Pretoria in school and I was in uh, Kimberley. Right. So we okay. met each other when we were 20, yeah. Yeah. So when you look at that, even yeah. even that being said, you know, you guys are, what, 20? you're 24 now, right? So, yeah. you know, there's this – seldom do you have players in the league right now that have – had playing with their peers for four years. So there's a connection. As you know, Scott so rightly pointed out, mm. what an amazing thing to be able to bring back into the fold when you're at Dallas. So awesome. Yeah, and you yeah, mentioned 
Sorry, you mentioned talking, having a conversation with uh, your coaches there in Dallas. Um, so to extend that, what excites you most, run, pass, or kick, what excites you most about the Dallas Jackals and joining that organization? I'll run with this. Um, I have to say it's it's pretty cool being part of a new team, a new expansion, because Going into every game, you have nothing to lose. They don't really expect that much of you. So you can just go out, apply your trade. And we have a very exciting coaching staff as well. The the signings that has been released already is is great signings. And we have so much good talent that they signed. And um, Clarky, I mean, he has coached some pretty big teams. Um, Elaine coming in as a woman coach, I think that's awesome. And I've only heard great stuff about them. So I'm really excited being part of a new team, something new, um, to have a 2021 establishment in the MLR, being part of the first squad that's going to go on the field. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. And it's kind of a young squad too. That's got to be exciting to be joining a, a fairly young group of guys. I mean, they, they had four draftees uh, and then they've hmm. got, you know, some really uh, young guys yourself and Carlo, Amongst them, that's got to be exciting to be to be able to know that you're going to be playing with a couple guys for a few years ahead. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if if you look at the squads that, that keep their squad the same for two or three years, I mean that they have the most successes. So I think the coaches have it in mind signing players for two or three years, so we can have a squad together, build a squad, and I mean hopefully make a playoff or two. Absolutely. I, yeah, I love that philosophy. Mm. Is that when you're building your team from scratch really is what you're doing and you're piecing yeah. together a lot of different elements, players from different styles, different leagues. So you got to find that continuity and it doesn't happen within the first few weeks of a season. It doesn't even happen in the first season most of the times. So yeah, mm. thinking two, three years ahead, you know, you got to think, okay, you brought up the point. What is the expectation? So I'm going to, I'm going to hold on that point for a moment. And I got the next question lined up <laughs> Talk about expectation, mm. right? Because as Robert said, it's a young team. Uh, they are new to the league. Well, relatively new because they were one of the founding members of the league. But this will be the first time they, we see them field a team right. in 2021. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive into the next question here that I got lined up. So, Robbie, run, pass, or kick? Uh, here it goes. So what do you think the Jackals' place will be in the 2021 season? What's your prediction for their final placing? So I'm going to kick this one, right? Yeah, I'm going to kick this one. Yeah. Who are you kicking it to? Uh -oh. I'm kicking it back to you, Ty. There we go. All right. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> interview over. <laughs> uh, man, I, okay, okay. So let's let's think about this. You said that the expectation mm. really isn't, or let's say it's not that the expectation isn't high. It's that there isn't the pressure of having a very high expectation. So yeah. that being said, in my opinion, it's really about being competitive to be able to get parity with the other teams in the league. You know, they're the new kids on the block, essentially a young team, still a lot of growth opportunity. You know, you want them to be competitive. If they end up mid table in their, in their, uh, uh, in their conference and they're competitive uh, and they, they, they challenge some of the top more traditional uh, powerhouses in their conference. That's fantastic. Um, if they don't make the playoffs, that's acceptable too because it's only year one, right? So I don't know where it will be, but I think it's going to be somewhere near the middle. You know, the big guy, the big guy has a hot take here. I'm saying Dallas Jackals win 
the Texas Cup. Oh, oh that's, yeah. wow, that sounds great. That's a great predict prediction. I think that's that's yeah, probably the best prediction. I mean, that's going to be the center of the cap in the first season, right? I mean, the pro the problem is Lerone White yeah. and Brendan Rams are going to be pissed off that I, I picked the Jackets because I'm, I'm friends with them. But Young Bucks on the block. There's going to be excitement. I think the Dallas Jackals take the Texas Cup in 2021. And and won't Lerone be coming on our our show a little bit uh, later in November too? So yeah, so I'm um, I'm, I'm worried about it. <laughs> well we have it on camera now so but that would be the i mean if you look at the the, the, the current like record of um of austin right being able to to take that win you know it, it's almost you can walk away from your season saying okay this is your redemption you, you walked away with some silverware you walked away with some bragging rights uh, i think it's a wonderful rivalry and i don't know how it's going to play out with the three you know three teams um, I know, Scott, you've kind of spoken about it, and that might be a topic for another day. Uh, but what an interesting way to be able to, to bring some, some credibility to your season by walking away with that silverware. Yeah, and, and yeah. What, what's exciting, Robbie, is I think there's a core group of Dallas fans down there led by our, our good friend Rick Collins who's joined the, the show before. Um, that's really going to put a lot of uh, spirit behind that endeavor and, and really got push you guys across the line to get you the Texas Cup. I think they're going to be like that 16th man, you know, uh, right. down in Dallas. You got to look forward to that. Yeah, And that's fantastic. You know, the fanfare, sorry to interrupt, gentlemen, but it also presents an opportunity for me to talk about that 16th man about the fanfare is the guys at the rugby shop who are the official uh, partner, merchandise partner of the uh, of. MLR. There you see the jerseys. Uh, sorry, the, the shirt there for the Jackals, the MLR rant one. They do hold our store as well. So if you like what we do, you want to be able to get some of the merch, whether it be from your favorite MLR team or from the team at the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, make sure that you go and visit them at therugbyshop.com so you can get your favorite fan gear for the 2021 season, whether it be the Dallas Jackals or whoever you enjoy. They got everything you need as a fan at therugbyshop.com. All right, Robbie, we're going to take it, uh, take it a little bit um, less serious for a moment. Uh, we've got yeah. a new segment, uh, a segment within the segment, if you'll call it. It's called the Quick Tap. <laughs> I'm going to give you two choices, and you tell me which you prefer. Uh, so please, um, you know, <laughs> as you go along here, don't be afraid to, to, to kick it to one of us, if you'd like, uh, and make us guess. Not you know, me. <laughs> well, i'm totally okay with you picking tie um all right so here you go here's the quick tap ready uh better way to score a try long break or a series of offloads 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 all right um what about better fly half andre pollard or henry hunnaball i will just repeat that question quickly yeah, uh, better fly half. There was a bit of this. Andre Pollard or Henry Hunnaball. Wait, I didn't hear, hear the first fly half. All right, uh, let me try this one. So, can you hear me just fine? It's what is your choice? A better fly half? Would it be Andre Pollard or Henry Hunnaball? Oh, there you guys are back now. I couldn't hear. Sorry, uh, Andre Pollard. Okay. Uh, best away venue to play in, Starfire Stadium or Torero? Uh, Starfire. Starfire. Okay. That'll make the, yeah. the folks in uh, Seattle very happy. All right. You're going to yeah. chill with the boys. <laughs> You're going to chill with the boys one night. Are you having beer or brandy? 
Oh, beer. <laughs> beer? No brand name club for beer. you? What's, what do you, yeah, what do you think of the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Vodka, yeah? <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably good if Carlos stays away from the whiskey, too. It sounds like he could be for an eyebrow shaving not too long from now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need that video. <laughs> right, yeah. Don't forget to take video on that. That'd be good. Um, what, what kind, by the way, what kind, of beer you, what kind of beer are you pulling out on the fridge? Oh, man. Black Label, Gorsa Light. Okay. Black labels. I'm a yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I think I know the answer to this one. Ty, Ty kept the uh, tip, the uh, tip the hand a little bit. You're going on a South African mm. holiday. Are you going to the beach or the Veld? Uh, the beach. Okay. And uh, one last one. We know you have a, uh, you have a significant other in your life. Uh, beautiful young lady. Um, date night. Are you doing a restaurant or a bra? A bra. Definitely oh, okay. a bra. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she loves Brilliant as well. <laughs> yeah. What kind of meat are you putting on the spit? Steak, steak, definitely. Steak. On on the bride, steak, yeah, big yeah. steaks. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're we're getting back uh that, that quick tap. Uh I really I love I love that segment. And I love you were like you you were like beer all the way. There's, there's no there's no yeah. topping that. I love that. I mean, that's every South African guy. It's like yeah. beer and meat on the fire, and like we're happy. It's funny, I, you know, I, yeah. With, with, with and with your boys, it's more beer, you know. Like if yeah. you're if you're by yourself, quiet night with the with the chick, you know, by the fire, maybe a brandy. But when we right. when you're with your boys, it's straight up. So yeah, I mean, you always the, start off with the beer and then go to the brandy. You move to the brandy a little later. You like you like most like Afrikaans boys, like a good 50-50 mix in the brandy and coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how you pour it, you know. Exactly. Like, that's what you need to yeah. pour the brandy first. And the other half. That's how it goes. So uh, just for everybody to, to, to understand, a bribe by South African terms is, uh, or by American terms, is is a barbecue like any other. The key difference is, is that no gas is allowed. It must be wood mm-hmm. or coal. Gas is not allowed. You will have your man card revoked if you use gas in South Africa. Exactly <laughs> like that. So, I mean, he's going to the perfect place in Texas where it's just frigging, right, you know, right, right. slab the meat on the barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, um, the Dallas Jackals had the most picks of any team in the MLR draft. What do you think is a better format for college players to enter the MLR? Straight to free agency? Or through a draft, run, pass, or kick? I'll kick this one back to you. Okay, well, I mean, for, for me right now, I feel like be, the way the college game is set up, and if you look at the the way the other sports um, leagues are set up, right now the draft is the best way. Um, I think academies should be prior to college and after college things. So it should be the, the MLR teams have academies for the, for the young, the younger kids. And then they have the academies for maybe when they, when they do draft somebody or they have some of those free agents coming out of the, the, um, the system that they're, they're sure aren't ready. So, so for me, I think right now the college draft is the way to go. What's the grade professor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll definitely give you an eight on that out of 10. Cause I mean, if you look at American sports, that's the way to go and, um, getting the youngsters out, getting them on the professional field. It's, it's pretty cool. And seeing the levels of rugby in America, just getting better and better every year. It's pretty cool. Right. I mean, I think I tend to agree with that. I mean, we kind of t- touched on this topic 
over several episodes on the Rugby Rand podcast, but ultimately, you know, it makes sense using the existing infrastructure that the U.S. has, that player pool that you can tap into that exists. It's also the largest player pool available in the U.S. right now. So, yeah, there are a lot of merits to it. But for somebody like yourself and myself from South Africa, we traditionally know that academies is the pathway unless you happen to be in one of the top uh, uh, um, universities. But nobody starts rugby that late in South Africa. You know, that's the other half of it, though, too. I mean, like, out of curiosity, when did you start playing rugby, uh, uh, Robbie? When did I start playing? Yeah, like seven years old, like most South African boys. Yeah, no. I mean, since I since I could remember, I have a I have a photo where I was I think two or three days old, and my dad just put a rugby ball in my arms, and I was sleeping. So you see, <laughs> I started That's the difference, right? yeah, from a very very young age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, and then, I mean to contrast that, then you have Nick Savetta, who literally started playing rugby at age eighteen. You right. know, for for Notre Dame, and and the Notre Dame program when he when he started there was kind of a you know, a second tier program as far as colleges. Wasn't it fairly new? Uh, yeah, it, well, correct. Yeah. I think he was, it was like two or three years into its, 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 its yeah. uh, team there. And he started at 18 and, and kind of pushed it to the, to the level it's at with their play. But I, I just find it so interesting, right. the juxtaposition. So there's a couple of players in South mm. Africa that have that credit though, too, having started late and then <coughs> managed to catch up. So one of them, I think is Bobby Skinstad. You remember Bobby Skinstad, Robbie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or I oh, know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, the eighth, uh, the eighth man. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, the guy he always he was yeah. famous for getting a tongue ring back in the day, and it was like he was uh-huh. guy, right. <laughs> um, so he only started playing when he was twenty-one, and then he made this the South African national squad like like maybe two or three years later. Talk about an incredible rise to the to the top. So to that point, yeah. you know, even though players may start later in the U.S., they now have the ability to have a pathway very quickly from 18 years old moving into university to decide, okay, I want to make rugby my profession. And with the draft, it gives them that link between college and the professional Mm -hmm. realm in rugby. So it does have incredible value for where rugby is right now in the U.S. So I'm going to move forward into the next question. And this one might be a little bit tougher. So remember, Mm -hmm. run, pass, (laughs) or kick. You as a as a kicker have kicked quite a few, so you still have you <laughs> run quite a bit too as well. So let's see if we get a pass on this one. So you brought up the, the the comment earlier that rugby in the U.S. and Canada is expanding very quickly, which is of course great. Now, when we look mm. at the criticisms that the league may receive by fans, one of those thoughts, and I'll line it up here: run, pass, or kick. What are your thoughts when people are saying that the league, MLR, is expanding too quickly? Run, pass, or kick, what are your thoughts? I'll run with this one. Um, to be honest, I don't, think it, I don't think it can grow quicker than it is at the moment. But as, as soon as possible, you can get professional players on the field. You can get the league up and going and you can... How can I say this? You can get sponsorships in and people backing the sport. I think, let's say, four or five years from now, the fan base would be much, much bigger. And having then all the teams coming in, having everyone playing, and the the league is still settling, right? So I don't don't think at all it's it's expanding too too quickly or too fast. Um, I think the quicker, the better. 
Okay. So, you know, we know that with, uh, with league expansion comes the, the need for players and personnel, right? And, and so, again, you know, uh, we're trying to grow the sport in the United States, but obviously it has its limitations in terms of the quality of players that can, you know, transition from the college game to the pro game. So, so there's a reliance on foreign players, people coming, you know, guys coming from South Africa like yourself or coming from mm. Australia, New Zealand, or even the U.K., so run past or kick with this question. Is the MLR's rule of 10 foreign player spots good or bad for American rugby? I think it's good. I mean, if if you have too many foreign players, the American players will never develop and they will, they'll just play college rugby and go home from there. They'll never turn professional. But having the foreign players coming over because it's – kind of still a new sport in America. So having the foreign players coming over, like players like Ben Foden, Ma Nonu, a guy like Rene Ranger, I've learned so much from. And not just me, every player around him is learning from them. So having the foreign players coming over from rugby countries, just giving their little bit of input in the game, in the training session. I mean, coaches are learning, players are learning from them. So um, I think 10 is enough. I don't think they should go more. They shouldn't go less. But um, it's it's needed to develop the game. But it's also needed not to have too much of foreign players so that American players can develop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a question a lot of folks out mm. there that are fans of ours and fans of the MLR um, fan zone often ask about and debate, no mm. doubt. Yeah, that's always one of the ones that are most hotly uh, uh, debated. And it does, it's, it's almost like a polarizing conversation right now. And it doesn't really have to be because where rugby is, it's all about growth in America, right? So mm. if it does help it, I mean, this is my personal opinion, why not embrace it at least for the moment, right? right. Um, the player pool isn't as developed as we would like it to be. So let's give it the opportunity to be able to learn from others. Let's give it the opportunity to grow. Um, and as you pointed out with Rene Ranger, of course, at the Raptors in 2020, even though he was there for only a short time because it was a short season, mm. his impact was very much made, well made. And, you know, playing uh, uh, in that role as a starting player, you know, you had guys out in the wing like Mika Kruse at 21, probably learned very much from him. Uh, in fact, he became a better player from the year before. So, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I know that the rest of you guys on screen echo very much the same thought that with those players comes a level of experience that the league right now can benefit from. So as long as it makes sense, why not embrace it? Exactly. So I'm going to move away from the MLR just for a moment because we like to be (coughs) the topics that are current events in rugby. And one of which is the exit of the South African national side, the Springboks, from the rugby championship, kind of news that broke uh, very recently um, and will continue to be a topic of discussion. I wanted to be able to 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 check with you, run parcel kick, and let me make sure that I get this right. So we're not only talking about that, Ramich, it's South African teams in general. So here's the question. Run parcel kick. Recently, it was announced that many of the South African teams are pulling out of Super Rugby and moving to the Pro 14. Why was this necessary? Uh, for South African rugby, and as a follow-up, being a former Cheetahs player yourself, how do you feel about the Cheetahs being excluded from that deal? The, 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 the talks of South African rugby going more to the Northern Hemisphere, I mean, it's been there quite a while now. Right. Um, 
I mean, the, the rugby is a bit more physical down there and it's a little bit less of running rugby. If you look at New Zealand, Australia, the super rugby, um, I think it's good because it's it's our type of style. It's our type of playing. So I think the teams that that, that is going over there, they're going to fit in quite well. Um, to come back to the Cheetos point, I think that's really unfair. Like they, They've been there quite a while now and they've been kicked out of the super rugby given that opportunity. And yeah, it just feels like they're always on the tighter end. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, so, the team is yeah. like the redheaded stepchild of uh, of South African rugby, whereas they got kicked out of Super Rugby, then mm. found a new home in Pro 14 alongside the Southern Kings, but that's a different story. And then when everybody else said, hey, what a great idea. Let's go north and play our rugby there. Oh, sorry, cheaters. You're out. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at the local rugby, that's, that's the Super Rugby Unlock. That's kind of the Curry Cup now at the moment. I mean, the Cheetahs are doing really well. They are one of the best. They are probably the best South African team at the moment. Um, having signed guys like Ruan Pinar, Franz Stein, they have a real good squad. And just just to pull them out of it, I think it's it's really unfair. I'm, I I think they should have playoffs, take the top four teams in the Super Rugby Unlocked, and let them go play over there just instead of just keeping right, someone make it out. Competitive. Absolutely. And, yeah, exactly. And and when you open up that Northern Hemisphere, you can have teams like Zebra and all that get some South more South African players to kind of bolster their mm-hmm. roster because you know, that me being of Italian descent, Zebra has been my team in pro 14. Um, and I hate seeing them lose week in and week out. And it's because that talent pool <laughs> in the Northern hemisphere is stretched so thin because you have top tier guys going, you know, that do make their way to Japan. You have top tier guys going to the MLR. You have top tier guys who want to stay in the prem. So, so I think if it, by expanding that player pool from South Africa, it's just going to bring some more parity to some of those teams that might not get it. So on, on top of that, uh, Ty kind of kind of jumped on my question. The next question was uh, – you know, I, I didn't – yes. my apologies. I obviously was reading one all the time. <laughs> um, so on, on top of the Pro 14 move for the South African Super Rugby teams, um, Springboks announced they would not be participating in the rugby championship. Run, pass, or kick? Was this the right moves for South Africa? I think it's definitely the right move. I mean, the 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 other teams has been playing quite a while now, and I think we're not a local rugby. We're in our second week now of the mm-hmm. local, local competition. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the game where Siakulisi scored a try from the 22 and he was almost right. dead. He was just lying on the ground. And I mean, <laughs> you can't have your Springbok captain playing only 25 minutes and he's tired. Of, in what happens when match. you come out of no play from the COVID yeah. conditions, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and Rassi, Rassi Erasmus is a very intelligent, he's probably one of the most intelligent coaches and directors in the world. So I think it's a, it's a good choice by him. I think, I mean, it, I think it was a great choice not to do it for all those reasons, but I do think it came a little too close to the start date of this of this uh, tournament, you know, and the way they were going to play it. I think if, if they had done it a month ago and really said, hey, we know this isn't going to happen, give everybody else mm. a chance to to settle down, settle yeah, the news. To that point, I'm going to jump on there. And like, like mm. South Africa is obviously getting a lot of stick because the announcement came up pretty much in the 11th hour. And they said, okay, we set a date that we needed an announcement. They passed that date by, I think, a couple of days. Nevertheless, there is merit <coughs> in that, saying that, okay, they happened to, to make the decision too late to be able to find a replacement or a suitable replacement, right? So that's the criticism. 
But South Africa had no idea that if they would be able to host teams or have their teams travel because of their COVID conditions until they started playing yeah. rugby. That only happened recently with the, with the Unlocked series. So how could you yeah. formulate a plan and commit to something if you had no idea it was realistic? Well, well, I mean, the, the, my point on that is it, it, with a lot of things, I mean, we had to do this, unfortunately, here in the United States with a lot of youth football teams, American football teams, is not knowing that which state's going to open up who, you know, in, in New York, where I live, it went by counties. So different mm. counties had different rules. So and we have got mm. teams who cross counties. Right. So how could you so we just decided as a, as a league, you know, right, you know, probably a month or two before the season. Hey, this is it. If your kids want to go play baseball, which was on the list to play, or play soccer, which was yeah. go ahead and play sport, you have enough time to make the decision. That's my only point. Like if yeah, you knew uh, you were going to be unsure to the at the deadline, then you should have made the announcement earlier. That it's a fair yeah. point, but in South Africa, and Robbie, r- remind me. I mean, you're obviously at home in in South Africa mm. now, experiencing through these times. Unlike mm. the U.S., South African provinces don't have the ability to govern themselves and make those decisions. Right, it must be no, the decision no, no. for the country as a whole, and everybody one law, one rule for everybody. So the whole yeah. country, it's not like okay, Cape Town's a little better off. Let's play rugby there. It's either one yeah, or no. nothing. Or nothing. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. And and to that point, just to jump in here real quick before we move to the next question, I mean, think about that juxtaposed to what's happened in New Zealand, right, and, and Australia, where they actually were able to play a truncated season, but it was a season nevertheless. And if you watch the, you know, uh, we're taping the morning after the second Bledisloe Cup, um, you know, there was there were some uh, debutants that came into the New Zealand side that played quite well, and it, they they proved their medal during, you know, a, a, a Super Rugby, and I can never say it right. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, and, and, you know, South Africa and the Springboks haven't had that chance just to see some of the players that were on form or currently on form that could Mm -hmm. then move right into the Springbok side or play a key role um, on the pitch for the, for the South African team. So um, on that note, as we're talking about national teams, Robbie, uh, you've lived in the United States for two years. Uh, now you're going to be going into your third year being in the United States. And so we know that, um, you know, World Rugby has established a three-year rule uh, for anybody that's been here before 2020. So there is some possibility given your young age, 24 years old, and, you know, the time you've spent here in the United States playing your trade uh, in the MLR and with uh, Colorado and now moving on to Dallas. Um, so you have a lot of tread left on your tires. Uh, run past or kick. Would you be available if Gary Gold and the USA Eagles caught upon you? I mean, I don't think any player would say no to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if if someday it comes to that point and I do have the opportunity and Gary Gold comes and knocks on my door, definitely open it up and I'll go with them. So um, if, if, if it does come to that point, I love it. Um, it, it will be a great honor. That's awesome. Cool. I love that answer. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean, when you're playing your rugby, you want to play at the highest level possible always, right? So, you know, if you have that opportunity to go to the world stage, grab it with both hands, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Robbie, where we're standing at the moment, um, we have gone through a lot of these questions. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing some of your insights about your time in Major League Rugby. And, of course, we wish you well for your future to continue that at the Dallas Jackals come 2021. 
And uh, we wanted to be able to, again, thank you, Rob, for pointing that out. Thank you, our, <laughs> our sponsors uh, at therugbyshop.com to be able to share all this wonderful swag with us. We do hope to be able to not only see uh, their jersey reveal, which will be coming up shortly, hopefully. I think that's going to be a pretty exciting one. But we uh, are excited to be able to see you in that jersey, Robbie. But before we head out, we want to be able to hand the floor over to you to be able to share a message with any of your fans, any of your friends, <laughs> any special message you want to be able to have viewers of this particular episode walk away from. The floor is yours. Tell us what you think. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just want to thank you guys for this opportunity because it's, it's awesome. It's really great. And it was fun talking to you. But, um, I mean, no rugby player can say thanks enough to the fans. I mean, it's if, if it weren't for them, there wouldn't be a, a professional league. Uh, to start off with so um we're very thankful i'm excited i'm exciting to move to dallas i'm very excited about that excited to, to meet the fans meet the, the players the squad and yeah and just uh one message from me um south africa needs prayers um pray for us back home it's not it's not ideal situations that we are living in now but um just keep us in your prayers and um Hopefully, I'll see you guys very soon in the States. Absolutely. We look forward to it. Absolutely. And that's what it's all yeah. about. You know, rugby is a very powerful tool to bring people together, to share a positive message. And it's done that for South Africa, and it will do that for this South African on screen over there, right? So once, we, once again, <laughs> let's take the opportunity to not only thank Robbie for joining us, but we want to be able to thank you as our viewers of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. This has been another great episode of the Run Parcel Kick interview. Alongside myself, Ty Braga, you have Rob Hamishman, Scott Ferrara. That's our team, but we're here for you every week. So make sure that you tune in for the next episode and you can follow us online by visiting us on social media under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod, or make sure that you follow us on all your favorite podcast providers where this episode will be and all the others. So from my team, myself, our team, and on behalf of Robbie, we say thank you for watching the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and we'll see you at the next one.